0: Youngstown, Ohio. Was cracking? Hey, y'all. Making it big. Making it big. Dream of living wealthy and making it big. it big. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of The Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day, and get ready for my man Dalton Rasta in the house what's up big dog
1: nothing much what's
0: up ready to rock and roll man ready to expose some some folks to uh the future champ yes, sir. so uh my man dalton rosta newcastle pennsylvania product um undefeated in boxing currently undefeated in mma 23 years old and uh an absolute humble beast Um, So I want to introduce some folks to you that never uh, have heard about you and heard from you. Why don't we rewind the tape and and start off with uh, where you you were born, where you're from, a little bit about your upbringing and uh, how you got started and everything.
1: Uh, I'm from Newcastle, PA. I was born in Sharon. Uh, I grew up in Newcastle until about my third grade year, right at the end of the school year. I moved to Arizona with my mom. My mom and my dad got separated. And uh, I was there for about three years. Then first opportunity, I had to come back uh, to live with my dad. I did, which was sixth grade. And I was here pretty much ever since, except for there was two times where I was in Arizona again. Uh, my freshman year, I wanted to start wrestling again. And my dad was trying to get me in to Laurel High School, which is right outside of Newcastle School District. And uh, he wanted me to wrestle there. I wanted to wrestle, but the Whitfield wasn't going to let us. So... I played football because you Newcastle. didn't go to school there. Yeah, I didn't. Yep. So we were trying to get the like the co op going yep. and uh they wouldn't let it happen. So we were gonna transfer. Now him.
0: before that, were you wrestling before that?
1: Uh I started off wrestling whenever I was younger, but I got out of it. My brother when was You went actually,
0: to Arizona, you got out of it.
1: Yes. Came back to
0: Newcastle, you want to get back in it. Yes.
1: They didn't have a wrestling program. Uh uh-uh. uh. Gotcha. And actually, if you want me to backtrack a little bit, I started boxing when I was like 11, 12 years old, whenever I first moved back with my dad. That's the first thing he got me in. There was no wrestling clubs or anything around Newcastle anymore. It was all for the younger kids and everything that was here when we initially lived here before we left kind of like faded away. Yep. So he got me into boxing 11, 12 years old, did that for about two years. Then he got me into Jiu Jitsu and uh, kind of like a time Time issue with him working, I couldn't do both. So I was doing jujitsu jitsu right after I got done with boxing. And uh, I did jujitsu with Mike Demko in Newcastle for about two years. Sixth and, grade? Uh, six, sixth and seventh grade, I boxed. Okay, yep. Eighth, second half of seventh grade and eighth grade, that's when I started, I started jujitsu, okay, And I started with Mike Demko in Newcastle. And then that really, jujitsu really wanted me, really made me want to get back into wrestling. So that's whenever we come to my freshman year, I'm trying to wrestle. I play football at Newcastle, and I couldn't get into Laurel to wrestle. So my dad had an idea, sent me to Arizona where my mom was living. Her school district had a wrestling program. So I moved out to Arizona. Freshman year? Yes.
0: Went to, went to Arizona? Yes. With your mom and started yes. wrestling?
1: Yes. Moved to Arizona, wrestled for the whole wrestling season there. Then after wrestling season, summer came. I moved back here. Came back. Yeah, started playing football in Newcastle again my sophomore year. Then wrestling season came around again. Still couldn't get into Laurel. They were still trying to whip you rules. They wouldn't allow allow me to transfer. They were going to suspend me for a year. So moved to Arizona again. And, uh, I mean, this time, my dad was looking for houses in Laurel. Areas
0: that you could wrestle in. Yeah. Let's just stop right there. That's crazy. You know, this is one of the biggest things that stuck out to me about some of our conversations. You know, I remember you telling me this and I'm thinking, you know, what kid in high school, as a freshman in high school, with all the dis- the distractions going on, you know what I mean, girls, friends, you know, all this stuff says, you know what? I'm gonna leave high school and I'm gonna go move somewhere that I haven't been around these these kids and just so I can wrestle. That- that's how committed you were to the game. And then would come back again to play football and then boom, couldn't wrestle. Uh, I'm going to go back again as a sophomore. Very, very rare that you find somebody with that type of focus and ability to block out distractions. Um, what do you remember about that period of your life thinking? You know, Because what, what, I don't think many people would do stuff like that. They would find, well, no wrestling is, I'm just going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They ain't going to go back and forth. It had to be uncomfortable going to a new school. You don't really know people like that. You know, to Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, once I started individual sports, like I I said, I wrestled when I was younger, but I kind of got out of that whenever I initially moved to Arizona. Whenever I came back and I started boxing, I just fell in love with individual sports. Like the the work ethic and the grind for it is a lot different than that of a team sport. I mean, I love team sports too. I love football. I loved football. That was my first love, but I fell in love with the competitive aspect of individual sports. So, I mean, this is like, when You box when you wrestle, when you do jiu jitsu, when you fight MMA, these are sports that you're how good you become is truly dependent on what you do. Yep, nobody else. I mean, yep. you could find help coaches, supporters, family, training partners, but it's solely based off of what you're doing and what you're gonna do to become the best if that's truly what you want to do. Yep, and like I said, I, I went from boxing, then I did jujitsu, and I just like every single, everything I was trying, I just I just loved it. So, I mean, I remember wrestling whenever I was younger and jujitsu just sparked that again. So yeah. like, I really wanted to try. You started
0: to miss it and you loved it. and You wanted, yeah. you're like, man, I'm willing to move. To, to yeah,
1: was, we were trying to find different outlets to get me into wrestling. I was going to wrestling clubs here before wrestling season even started, before I could even get on a team. Then we, he came up with the idea. He was like, why don't I send you back during the winter? You could wrestle then you come back here and then like i said my sophomore year when we were whenever our wrestling season came along came around he was trying to find houses for the following year so i could wrestle whenever i came back i yep. didn't have to do that again i didn't yep. have to go back to arizona to come back to newcastle i didn't have to go back to arizona to come back to newcastle so he was finding houses he finally found one when i was wrestling in arizona my sophomore year so i moved back instead of playing football at Newcastle, we just completely transferred to Laurel High School, played football at Laurel, wrestled at Laurel. And I literally dedicated everything I could. I wanted to become a state champ. That was that was my goal with wrestling. I wanted to be the best in the state. I wanted to be the best in the room first. Then I wanted to be the best in the county, best in the conference, best in the section, best in the Whitfield, best in the state. And um, I kept getting better and better and better. In the off-season, I was going to two, three wrestling camps. My dad was sending me places like he didn't even have money to send me. He was like digging up money left and right. However, he can get more money to send me to these places, he would. And uh I mean, like I l- literally he he wouldn't be able to buy himself new clothes. Uh he would he would literally take money out of his own pocket to eat just to send me these places because he Yeah, he yep. wa- he wanted me to win. He seen that I wanted that to you win. wanted yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So, he would send me to these camps. He would literally get off work. He would work. He worked uh Cement. So he worked CBS and uh, he, he drove truck for CBS. He'd work. He'd get up at 5 a.m., go to work, uh, start at 530, and then he'd be gone till 5 p.m. 5 p.m. rolls around. He's coming home. He's picking me up. He's this is the off season. He's driving me to Reynolds High School, which is in Greenville, which is 45, 50 minutes away from Newcastle, Tuesdays and Thursdays to go to practice that they only wrestle Tuesdays and Thursdays. So now he's looking for other places to take me on Monday and Wednesday. Yep. And this is when camps aren't committed. around. Yeah. Committed. Monday and Wednesday, he found Boardman High School, like in Ohio. Yep. So then he's taking me 35 minutes, 40 minutes over to Boardman, Ohio. He's taking me to these wrestling camps, Quest wrestling camps, trying to literally doing all this research. Now to find- what,
0: what, and what made your dad get you into boxing? You said your dad kind of had you boxing early. And you know, when, when you were younger, what, what, what was your dad? Was he from Newcastle? And, uh, was his background
1: yeah he was from newcastle and uh he grew up he did taekwondo he okay. boxed he was in the martial arts growing up okay. too he was like he was really big in the fighting yep. he was the type of guy that like anytime i mean not that it's a good thing in the streets or anything but like anytime there was opportunity for conflict like at a softball game or something whenever he's having fun he's competing uh he was he wouldn't shy away from it if you if you wanted some he was all for it. Yep. He wouldn't go out and start it himself, but if if you stepped across a certain line, like I, that literally brings yep. back a story where I was, I was six years old watching him play at a softball game. Somebody, he hit a home run, and he instead of running the first base uh, and just jogging back home because in softball you can do that, he jogged all the bases. So he was jogging from third to home. Somebody in the other dugout said something, like a smart comment. So my dad said something back. Dude came out of the dugout. And they were going back and forth, and my dad was like, "You know what? I'm tired of all the talking." And he's like, Well I don't shoot you?" He drew a line with his foot in the dirt, and uh, he was like, "If you stop, if you step across this line, I'm knocking your teeth down your throat." And dude stepped along, stepped across the line, and dude. He hit the dude. Dude literally crumbled, like just fell, fell a straight down. You I mean, remember that, was a, that at six? Yes, yes. So I mean, it was already
0: in you. Yeah. you already <laughs> were seeing that. You're wrestling. You're boxing. You, your dad was aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, like that, and. Was into martial arts, so that's kind of how it came about. Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah, and like I said, um, I mean, back to the wrestling. Like Monday, Wednesday, he had me at Boardman. Tuesday, Thursday, he had me at Reynolds. He was sending me to wrestling camps. He was taking me. He was doing research. He your online. your sisters
0: aggressive too. Well, <laughs> Bertie told me your sister <laughs> likes uh, to get down. We'll,
1: we'll, <laughs> we'll keep that for another mm-hmm. time. But uh yeah, so he was he was sending me to Quest Wrestling Club down in Washington. Like literally, driving an hour, hour and a half, sending me up to Do Boys. He'd research these guys. I remember Tom Slay undefeated my junior and senior year uh one of the better wrestlers in state contacted his coach like hey can we come up and wrestle my son wants to wrestle the best and I would go up there wrestle next thing you know he has guys in there from Pitt in Penn State like training with him too I'm like this is what I need so I would go up there on Friday nights he would get off work at five Friday night yeah we we drive how old were you 16 17 how
0: many kids want to spend a Friday night like that yeah this is what many. people don't see not many that- was years and years and years before you get to where you're going Mm -hmm. that nobody saw Friday nights, 16 years old, sacrifices being made from you, your father. Yeah, and it's it's not just me. How did you handle the distractions? You know, 16 years old, you know, who wants to go on a Friday night and do stuff like this?
1: See, on Friday nights, I mean... In high school, everybody's about partying. They want to go out and hang out with their friends. You know, everybody having their little basement parties where they put on music, they're dancing and stuff. You know, the girls grinding on the dudes. That's what everybody wanted, but I wasn't. I was never really attracted to that. Like I, I, I just wanted to be. I just wanted to play sports. That's what I loved. Yep. On a on a Friday night, I didn't mind going to practice. I mean, I I don't know what it is. My dad kind of instilled the mindset in me, like to be the best at whatever you want to be the best at you got to put in the work you he i mean i learned that growing up young yep. and uh i truly just wanted to be the best and uh i mean so on friday nights that wasn't a, that wasn't a hard decision for me at all yep. that wasn't i mean i've never drank i've never smoked in my entire life still to this day i'm 23 years old Come on. never had to sip alcohol ever a day in my life Come on. there's a Keep lot of people that, there's a lot of people that cannot say that no and i uh, have
0: one for you today you know what i'm saying you ain't got to do it i handle it for you, you
1: know <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, but that's
0: great, man. That's great discipline. Yeah. So, so, so you were doing that. Sixteen was that junior year. Yeah, junior, junior, okay, and senior driving, year. Okay, you're driving, you're driving back and forth, mm-hmm. finding anywhere you can to get the best training.
1: Just got my license too, so I have every excuse to just take my dad's car and go somewhere on Friday night. Hang like on, Newcastle. My, I mean, Plenty my dad, my dad was, yeah, there. my dad was lenient. My dad, trusted me, he didn't, he didn't give me a curfew. I mean, I can sit there and say my dad was strict. My dad was strict as hell, but. He, he trusted me. He wouldn't, if I wanted to stay out past 11, if I wanted to stay out till 12, 11, 30, even though the curfew was 11, he, he was yeah. fine with that. He trusted me. Mm-hmm. But he knew I wasn't going to be at any party drinking. Yep. He knew that. Like, uh, I mean, honestly, out of all the years like I've been around with that, I've never seen a beer in his hand ever. Never talked to him about it. Never knew if he actually drank or smoked or yep. whatever or not, but I've never seen, yeah. never seen it in his hand. Never seen yep. it in never hand. Never a beer in the house. Yep. Nothing. So, I mean, that played a part in it. So, I mean, you got to like, monkey see monkey dude yeah so i mean everybody can like sit their parents can sit there and tell their kids like don't drink don't smoke but if Mm -hmm. they're doing it themselves what type of rule model what type of rule model are you no doubt so and i mean just like the effort that my dad put into making me better too it made me i knew i knew what the effects of alcohol and smoking and nicotine and weed and you know everything else i knew what drugs the effect they had on your body. Mm-hmm. I did like did all this research. I was mm-hmm. doing this young. Mm-hmm. My dad told me about it. So when I'm trying to be best, I don't want to do any of that stuff. And like just to see the time that my dad put into me. Like literally, when I tell you, he would get up at 5 a.m. Be off work at five. We drive two hours. We want to get to practice till seven. The practice would start at 7:30. We'd be there till 9:30, 10 o'clock. Next thing you know, we're driving two hours back to Newcastle. Midnight. He doesn't get to sleep until 1 a.m. He has to be up at 4:30. He's getting three and a half hours sleep to sacrifice time for me to get better. Yep. Like it has nothing to do with him. Right. It's nothing to do with him. He's literally sacrificing sleep. He's sacrificing gas money. He's sacrificing his time to make me better. Yep. So Everything. how selfish would it be for me not to put in that effort, for him to yep. be putting in all this effort to make me better and yep. then me yep. not Perfect. want it as bad as he wants me to want it.
0: Yep, yep. You know what I I'm saying? I agree, I agree. So
1: I mean, just so then how
0: did you transition out? So that was junior, senior year. You're doing all of that. When did you start taking boxing matches? When, you know, when did you start fighting MMA? You know, how did that all transgress?
1: Okay, so my junior, senior, year, both years, I got hurt right before postseasons. So my, that kind of scratched my, um, my dream of being a state champ. So, but I mean, I was still there. I was still good enough. I was still going to tournaments in off season after states, beating state champs major decision, tech, some of them tech fall. Literally, I'm like, I'm there. Like everybody's like, this kid is good. Like why why hasn't he won a state championship? And it's just like I was plagued with injury. Just wrong place, wrong time, working too hard at times when my body needed a rest when I wouldn't listen to people. Mm-hmm. Like I was hard headed growing up still. I was hard headed. And that's part of the the reason why I worked so hard. But at the same time, it came around to bite me in the behind a few times. Right. And uh I mean I ended up getting hurt. So after that, I still had wrestling scholarships. I mean, the colleges knew how good I was. So I went to college and wrestled. I wrestled for a year, transferred to Youngstown State, played football, got hurt. After I got hurt, got back into fighting. Then I started jujitsu. What
0: started made boxing. you, what, do you remember what made you transition to Youngstown State and, and start playing football? Um,
1: Youngstown State was one of the places I had my eyes on for football after. High school. I mean, I had high school. I had scholarships for football and stuff, too. And that was that was one of the places I wanted What'd to go. What did you play in high school? Uh, linebacker and running back. Okay. And, uh, I mean, that was one of the places I wanted to go to. So, after I got done wrestling at Seton Hill, my dad was calling up Youngstown. He got emails and stuff. Uh, I got in contact with a couple coaches. I'm like, is it still cool if I transfer over and still come back and play for you guys? Um, they said, yeah, they'd oh, love to have me. So, went over, played. Ended up getting hurt. Came down with another knee injury. And uh, I was like, I mean, I only had a couple options at that point. It's, work my way back up the depth chart, which we had 12 middle linebackers. And I was all the way at the bottom mm-hmm. at this point. Cause I missed the rest of the season. No doubt. missed all spring ball. Yep. Or I was like, I can get, get out right now and chase my dream of being a UFC fighter, mm-hmm. going to UFC. Cause that's something me and my dad used to, that's another thing. Me and my dad used to watch UFC fights all the time together mm-hmm. in our living room. And uh, that's something we always talked about. And it's an individual sport. It goes back to the individual individual sport thing. And, uh, so that's what I decided to do and uh, got back into jujitsu, got back into boxing, was training really hard, training twice a day at this point, working, training and going to school. So, um, I mean, it was hard, but working, I training
0: worked. and going to school. Yeah. So the things that I'm already pulling from this is, you know, the uh, sacrifices, you know, the, the discipline that you've had, the sacrifices that you would make to you know do all of those things you know a lot of people would make excuses to not be able I can't go to school or I can't work or I can't you're working you're training two times a day going to school you know that type of stuff and I know recently you just graduated not too long ago yes
1: right? yeah I graduated in December with a Congrats. degree in finance
0: you're a penguin yeah right yeah. come on love it <laughs> all right so then you transitioned out of there and uh how did it how did you start taking your first what came first MMA or boxing
1: uh my my bo- my mma my mma debut came first okay. and uh i right after that I had a boxing match so this is how it worked out i um i got back into jitsu got in the back into boxing and i was training hard twice a day like i said i was working just enough to get by just enough to pay for training just yep. enough to pay for my yep. gear just enough to pay my car insurance phone bill gas eat stuff like that and i mean i'd look around and my friends they'd all be going on vacations for spring break and stuff in college and all buying new clothes and all this stuff. But I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a choice I was willing to make. I was willing to give up that stuff now to see it later. I think that's a,
0: that's a, this, this is a thing that life is all about. Yeah. You know, I know I preach constantly, but very few young people get this. You know, I think that short term sacrifice of things in anything uh, will lead you to that long-term payoff. So you got to give up, anything in life that you, that you want to be great at, you got to give up something in order to go up. In order mm-hmm. to get to the next level, you always got to give up something. And a lot of people want to go up, but they don't want to give up. And so what, what, what was it in your mind? You know, what, if you had to teach it to somebody else, you know, how, what are you thinking about saying, you know what, I'm willing to sacrifice you know, right now for the long term?
1: Um, I mean, if it's something they want right now, I mean, a lot of people like overspend as it is already. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're just saying, if you can't buy it twice right now, you, you don't need it. Discipline. And Yeah, discipline. It, it, goes, it goes to discipline, like you said. And a, a lot of people want that stuff like right away. They want like immediate gratification. They want immediate like results, but that's not how it works. Nope. So they have to understand that if they put that to the side right now and sacrifice a few things, to get where they want to be, all that stuff that they want will come later, plus double. No doubt. Yeah, it'll double in you the get future. get interest on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that, and it's just like impatience. It's not being disciplined. Like a discipline. Yeah. Man. So, um, the the biggest things having discipline, having belief in the process, and being patient.
0: Come on. So you jumped in, got started training MMA, started got uh, took your first MMA fight, then boxing. Thereafter, right, right after, how did how did things turn out?
1: Um, my first boxing or my first MMA fight was in Columbus, and at this point, like I had all my coaches, all my trainers, like my jujitsu coach and my boxing coach at the time. And once I took my first MMA fight, like everybody was all for it, and we got a week out from the fight, and everybody's bailing on me, like I don't got a cornerman, like everybody's like I can't go, I got this, I got this, but they were all for it, and. So I had to find a, a cornerman. I ended up, one of my buddies I was training with, Steve Jones at the time, uh, he offered to come and corner me. So he came and corner me, went out to Columbus by ourselves. And, uh, I mean, with no no cornerman, just my buddy cornered me, not knowing any more than I know in MMA. We, uh, I mean, we got the third round TKO. It was a tough match. It was against a the guy was 3-0 at the time. It was my debut. He was like one of the top-ranked guys in the region. And I thought they were throwing me to wolves. They were trying to feed me to this dude. Yeah, And I ended up getting TKO, beat him up pretty bad. And, uh, I mean, then a lot of people started opening their eyes. Then everybody wanted to, all right, I want to help out. I'm going to be at your next fight type yep. of deal. Yep. So then I had my boxing match next. I was waiting for a MMA fight to come up, and I had another boxing match, or I had a, my first boxing match. And I was a little nervous about this because even though I started out boxing, I'd never just boxed. So, like, I knew an MMA fight, Secondary. if I got in trouble. Yeah. If I got in an MMA fight, if I got in trouble, I got that, I got go that double. Yeah, I got that yeah. double leg in my back pocket. Yeah. I got a double leg in my back pocket and it never fails me. So I, I know if I get in trouble, that's my go-to. So I can play around with a few things in an MMA fight. And I got to this boxing match, I'm nervous. This kid has like 10 fights. Everybody's like in my head, like that's a big deal. Ten fights is a lot for boxing, which it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not at all. But back then a lot of people were in my head. They had me thinking it was. So, I go to the boxing match. I'm, I'm warming up and stuff. I mean, I barely had any sparring going up to it, too. And, uh, I mean, I'm just nervous. I was taking energy energy shots before the match, and my heart's racing. I can't breathe while I'm boxing. But I go in there, and I get it done. I end up getting the win by unanimous decision. And that was uh, one of my only… Where was it at? That, that was in Youngstown. Okay. And that was one of my… The guy I fought was, getting, was from Strong Style, too, and it's a okay. big gym. Cool. So, yeah. I'm like… I'm like, wow, this is really a tough situation for me. So I was a little nervous. This wasn't one of the only times I was nervous in my career. And um, I'm sorry, but uh, got out, went out there, got the unanimous decision win, then started training hard again. And I was like, wow, I really like this boxing stuff. So went and got another boxing match before my next MMA, fi- MMA fight. And uh, won the second one by knockout. Not as many nerves. I mean, there was pressure, but not nerves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's It was a little different. Mm-hmm and uh got a knockout in the second round then i went and had another mma fight first round knockout then went and had another box round, a boxing match first round knockout went and had another mma fight this this one's my third it was in mansfield it was against a guy that was a four and one at the time and everybody was talking him up saying he's like brown belt and jiu-jitsu don't go to the ground with him me being a wrestler i'm like all right i'm gonna go to i'm gonna end up going to the ground one way or another but believe it or not, I was trying to strike I mean, a this.
0: good wrestler, you know, I've been training jiu-jitsu 10 years. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, I, they don't give out belts in wrestling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I know, you know, if, if you're a real good uh, wrestler, I mean, that, that's that's almost like being a black belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a lot of cases mm-hmm. that people don't understand.
1: Yeah, with the top pressure and positioning yeah. and stuff like that. But you still got to go and learn submissions. You got to learn the defenses to them. Legs, some leg yeah. locks. And, yeah. The,
0: heels, they're, they're, submit the guillotine that's the yeah. that's the go-to for a yeah. new wrestler yeah they start sticking that neck out uh-huh. you gotta break that muscle memory yeah so i'm with you so so what happened
1: yeah so I went to mansfield went to mansfield uh with this i actually cut down the 185 so all my other fights were at 205 and 200 for my boxing matches and my mma fights i cut down the 185 for this one because I, I believe it or not i couldn't find a fight at 205 at this point i'm 2 0. They can't match me with somebody that's 7-0. The commission won't approve it, and know. So they're trying to find me a lower-level guy with less fights, but nobody will say yes to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I got this guy. This guy was looking for a fight. I was like, all right, I got to get on the 185. This is my, like op- one opportunity for another fight. Yep. And went down, and I'm the underdog for this fight. And uh, I go in, and all first round, I'm just striking on my feet, like piecing him up, striking, doing a lot of damage, and he starts trying to take me down. And uh, at this point, I knew I had him. So I kept striking away, kept digging him up a little bit. And uh, he kind of ran into a couple de- takedowns of mine too. He just ended up in my arms. So I went for the big slam, got the crowd going, you know. And uh, I mean, it seemed at this point, it seemed like he wanted me to take him down. He wanted the punishment on the feet to stop. Yep. And once we got to the ground, like all that talk everybody was doing about jujitsu and all this, like, believe it or not, a lot of that stuff, cancels out with MMA when you have punches raining down on you with top pressure from wrestling not everything will apply yeah and then you really start believing in your wrestling too whenever you're on top against somebody who's mainly a bottom jiu-jitsu guy they aren't used to that pressure they're comfortable when they're good on bottom it's because they're comfortable once you put them in a uh, zone of uncomfort then they or discomfort they really really start panicking they start making mistakes and it just really opens things up for you uh Long story short, I ended up getting the TKO at the end of the first round. And uh, due to a doctor's stoppage, actually, there was a lot of blood. And uh, after that, went on to have another boxing match. I think I won that one by unanimous decision, if my memory serves me right. So
0: how many fights have you had now total? I remember you told me you had 13, three, 15 three, months. Three
1: boxing matches and three MMA fights at this point. Okay. Then I went and had my fourth MMA fight against another Newcastle native, Joe Iori, Joe he was undefeated at the time too and uh it was really hyped up we had like all of newcastle there i mean for both sides a lot of rooting against me a lot of rooting against him a yep. lot of booze a yep. lot of cheers Yep, same series. yeah it yeah. was it was it was really fun there was a lot of uh crap talk uh involved but uh i mean it made it more fun and uh then at the end of the day i got to knock out for that one too and then uh went on to my first title fight and then this is where it gets like a little tricky in my career for me I tore my meniscus again in my right knee and I couldn't run anymore. Like every time I would run, my knee would swell up for like a week, a week and a half and I couldn't do anything, but I already sold a hundred tickets for this MMA fight. So I'm like, I'm in a sticky situation at this point. So I continue to train through it. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just spar more for this, for this fight coming up instead of running Mm -hmm. since I can't run. And, uh, so I was sparring, 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 sparring three, four times a week. Next thing you know, I got my ribs cracked. Got my ribs broken eight days before my fight. Wow. Couldn't wow. sit up out of bed. Can't even breathe. Yeah. It's hard to breathe. Hard to breathe. Couldn't sneeze, couldn't cough, couldn't laugh. I hated when people were making me laugh. That whole that whole week. I hated it. I you would never thought you would have never hated something funny in your entire life yep. until you break your ribs. And uh Long story short, I go into this fight, like not even be able to like get out of bed. I had to put my feet on the ground and roll out of bed because I couldn't sit up. So I'm like, if this fight goes to the ground, I end up on the bottom. It's a really bad situation for me. So I go into this fight with cracked ribs and a torn meniscus. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I battled through a lot of adversity going up to this fight. And it's actually against a kid that I wrestled in high school. And he was tough. I beat him in high school, but he was a tough wrestler. Uh, he placed at state in, in PA, which is a really good feat. PA is one of the best, no the best, not one of the best. I'm not going to lowball anybody, the best wrestling state in the country and uh really good wrestler, uh, really good at jujitsu. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have a tough one here. And, uh, I battled through it. And I ended up getting the first round knockout, uh, got on top and, uh, got the T it was actually a TKO, but, uh, I mean that was one of I was really proud of myself at that point because yeah. I battled through so much stuff leading no up to that fight no doubt. and I still came out with the win. Uh after that I had another boxing match, another knockout. Uh then I had my second title fight. This one was at Rivers. I believe you were there. Mm-hmm. I think this is how we ended up meeting. Yep. And uh that fight I ended up getting a second round knockout and that was Four weeks after my knee surgery, I ended up going and getting knee surgery after that last fight. And uh, this was four weeks after. I'm literally four weeks fresh off of a knee surgery. Still found out that I wasn't in as good a shape as I thought I was in four weeks. Takes a little bit longer than that to get back in the swing of things. Oh. But uh ended up getting a knockout there. And then I had another boxing match, which I won by knockout. And then I had my last amateur fight. But right before my last amateur fight, that's whenever I got a call from Bellator. And, uh, well, I actually got a call from Don Mazzotta, my teammate, and he was like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, eating hotheads. So what's up? Like, I just got done training, went, went to hotheads, got a rice bowl with some steak, some vegetables. And, uh, he's like, um, do you have a second to talk? And I was like, Yeah. So uh, we got to talking, and, and he said he got a call from a really important person. And so I'm like, All right, stop being around the bush. Who's, who's this important person? And he ends up telling me it's Rich Chow, who's the head matchmaker for Bellator, and he wants to talk to me. Uh, long story short, I ended up getting signed. But this all the whole process started before my last amateur fight. So I had a lot of pressure. This is
0: what 2018.
1: Yes. Yes, and I'm about to go into my last amateur fight, which is against uh, Cody Brundage, who is a uh, NCAA All-American wrestler. He's tough, another tough opponent. Uh, all about testing myself, so I try to put myself up against the toughest nice. guys. Yeah, because I don't want to regret it whenever I turn pro. And uh, But so I have a lot of pressure on me at this point because now I have Bellator at my door, and I still have another uh, fight against a really tough guy, so I have a lot of pressure on me. And, uh I ended up there was a heated weigh-in. We had weigh-ins, we were in each other's face pushing each other at weigh-ins. Uh, we weren't too fond of each other. And uh, I ended Where up Where
0: did he wrestle at?
1: Newberry. And it's division 2. And uh so he was a pretty good wrestler, but I ended up I out-wrestled him in the in the fight and uh the striking he he had like a weird funky stance so it was something I had to adapt to during the fight. Like all training camp I was getting used to this. I was preparing for this upright Box normal Yeah, like Almost anybody out. else, but he came out real low. Like, I'm talking lower your level, double leg penetration. Already step low. low. Already yeah, low. Like yeah, yeah, really yeah. low. It was yeah. really weird. And the front arms, like dangling out here, just reaching for range. And then he's throwing it overhand right. So what I think, what what goes through my, through my head at this moment in this fight, I think he's either trying to catch me because I'm I'm an aggressive fighter. Yeah, I'm right in your face, striking you, taking you down, whatever. I'm always forward, I'm always pressing you. So I'm thinking their game plan, since it's amateur rules, I can't kick the head. Let's get in this low stance, throw catch. If he comes straight in, we'll catch him with an overhand right. Or if he comes straight in and misses the right hand and gets overextended. We're already low enough to just shoot a shoot, double leg right on there. him. No yep. lower in your level; it takes out He's half the there. movement. Yep. Yeah. So it was a good game plan thinking on it, but uh, I mean, I figured it out. So I was playing it a little safe on our feet, just like kind of setting up my shots. And he tried taking me down in the second round. Didn't get it. He wore himself out trying to take me down against the cage. And at that point, I look at him after I get away from the cage, and he almost took me down against the cage twice, almost. But after I get away, I look at him. It literally looked like his soul left his body. And you stopped like, him twice. Yes. That and was the whole game plan. Yes. Yes, that was the yeah. whole game plan. And, like, he was tired. It looked like his soul left his body. And at that point, I knew I won the fight. And I didn't want to get too excited Excited right away. So I kind of, like, played with my striking a little bit, a little bit more. But I could tell he was still tired. He was looked over in between rounds. I'm good, standing straight up, not tired at all. He has his hands on the fence, head down. His coach is, like, Doing this, okay. telling him to breathe. breathe. So I'm like, all right, I got him. Yep. So I go out, and right away I throw a double jab, right hand, shoot a double leg, put him right against the cage, took him down like that, easy, and uh, got on top of him, passed his guard, got the full mount, and uh, ground and pound. Uh, got the.
0: So tell tell me what uh, right now you have one fight in Bellator. Yeah. Right, one and zero first round knockout yes. first first 30 Man, five seconds, seconds. Uh, first first minute yeah. pretty much of the of the game yeah. what things other than you know I think your your skill set is good uh that probably came from work ethic and putting mm-hmm. in the work and the sacrifice other than that any in any things outside of yeah, I'm just good where, where do you think you win where do you think you get an edge you know uh, what do you think's different about the way you prepare versus how other people prepare
1: uh it's just relentless work ethic It's like, I'm constantly like in the back of my mind. I'm like, I can't, I have to work as hard as I possibly can. I believe doubt only exists when you know there's a possibility that somebody's working harder, harder than you. Come on. So if I, if there's a thought in the back of my head and I knew I gave any inch during practice, getting ready for that fight, any inch, if I was like, Oh, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll do a little bit better or add a little bit more in me that I didn't give. Then that's when doubt starts, starts coming in. It's like, what if my opponent didn't do that? What yep. if my opponent pushed himself to a- absolute max every single time he was training, yep. and now he's going to beat me? Now he has a chance to beat me.
0: Yep. So you get a metal, you get a mental edge by knowing that I feel like I'm outworking my opponent. Yes, I, I know that they would. There's no way that they're doing what I'm doing. So you, yeah. you you start to already win the mental battle through your preparation and the way that you're getting ready.
1: Yes, and MMA is one of the things where I don't believe you could be the best at anything. You can't. Or everything. You can't. So even John Jones, somebody who's, like, they consider him the greatest MMA fighter of all time. He has flaws. Everybody has flaws. But the good thing about him is he's smart inside the cage, too. He uses his head when he's fighting. He doesn't just go out there knowing he's the better fighter and just try to get the knockout. He's real technical, and a lot of people have been criticizing him lately because of the way, like, that Tiago Silva fight. Mm -hmm. He didn't go in for the kill when Tiago was hurt. Tiago still has knockout power. He's playing it smart. He's out thinking people. He's exposing their weaknesses before they expose his. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. You're not going to be the best at everything in MMA. You might be a best striker. You might be a better wrestler. You might be better at jiu-jitsu. But chances are you're not going to be better at every, every single, single thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Work ethic and grinding, including. Your gas tank included. Your intellect during the fight. Your fighter IQ included. So one way or another, the way I look at it, as long as I'm working hard, as long as I'm outworking them during the fight, they're not going to be better than me at everything. I will find out what their weakness is, and I will expose it before they find mine, before they find mine.
0: One to ten, you, you think, uh, you know, say one is I'm kind of interested. Ten, I'm obsessed with, with being the best. I'm obsessed with, with my game. What would you say you're at one to ten?
1: Obsessed. I mean, there's, there's no, no other way for me. I mean
0: I think it's difficult to be the best at anything if you're not obsessed. Yeah. You know, sometimes people no matter what it is, you know, if, if you wanna be great, there's gonna be times where you gotta do crazy shit. You gotta do stuff that nobody else is willing to do. You gotta be willing to drive hours and no sleep and, and three days a week, you know, three times a day and you know, almost obsess obsess yourself where people look at you and be like, Man, what's wrong with you, man? Why why are you doing this? You know, what what's what's and I, I, I don't think you can do anything great. accomplish greatness without going to the place of of i'm obsessed would you agree with that
1: i'd agree like there's the the people that are great the champions the people that people remember the millionaires if your goal is money in this world billionaires are the people that go places that others don't want to go and like you can't you can't be the best without being obsessed period point blank and if I want to be the greatest, I got to work like it. Everybody everybody on this planet starts is human. without
0: working, everybody.
1: Yeah, everybody on this planet is human. So if somebody can do something, if somebody can knock somebody out every fight, why can't I? Amen. If somebody can choke somebody out with a rear naked choke or uh, tap them out with an arm bar, why can't I? Why can't I get perfect, near perfect at that arm bar like they can? That's their signature move. Yep. If they can do it, why can't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't a person? Yeah. Why
0: wouldn't? Why yeah. do you think somebody wouldn't?
1: Yeah. I mean, are you are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking
0: you like, why wouldn't somebody else? You know what I mean? It's usually they, they don't put in the work.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, they like the
0: idea of what they see.
1: Uh huh. And but it's how just how many
0: reps does that take?
1: Yeah, and it's like whenever they get to us, they face adversity. They get to that spot where they're like they're realizing how much work it's gonna take to get where they want to be. They're like, yeah, I really want that but now I'm at this crossroad where I really want it but it's really hard so it's like which road am I going to take is it really hard anything is great's it? really hard yes yeah yes they go together
0: you start to separate yourself yeah,
1: yeah. so it's like which road am I going to take it's really hard or that's really great I, I, I want to be really great or that's really hard so they come to that crossroad where they start to weigh the pros and cons and it's like what, what's the pros if I get this recognition money belt uh fame, whatever their goal is, or the cons, my body might be messed up. Mm -hmm. My, I, I might never get to do any, like if I get hurt during the fight, I could die. I I could lose a limb. I might not be able to do this. It might affect the rest of my life. Uh, I might lose my girlfriend. I might lose my friends. They, they start playing with all that. So it's like, at what point do it's everybody yeah every point everybody comes to that point at a different time in their life but like it's like what at what point are the people willing to keep going and what people what the point are the people willing to quit yep and like it's usually at the point where people have to give up too much time it's like they realize how much time is taken like no i'm not talking about time at practice i'm not talking about the amount of reps they i'm talking about the time they have to give up sleep they have to give up personal life they have to give up their time with their girlfriend they have to give time with their friends They have to give time with their family that's the stuff that makes people, wanna, makes people not want to makes people not want to do it time yeah no doubt yeah and i mean it's hard it is really hard but there's some people that can get past the pain that can't get past losing that other stuff they aren't willing to sacrifice yep anything true that's it they, they're Amen. not man yeah
0: and it goes with anything same thing in business you know it's all it's all the same it's all connected what sacrifices are would you say that you, that you know you've made? What have you sacrificed?
1: I, like I said, money early, early in my uh, college and uh, MMA career, money. A lot of my people, a lot of my friends were working. They were just going to school and working. I could have worked full time, worked 40 hours a week, probably got a job making 20 bucks an hour somewhere around here and worked full time and you know had a nice car and probably had a place of my own and not have to worry about anything but school and work. But I didn't want to do that. So I, I gave up money. I gave up going on vacations with my friends. I gave up having nice clothes. Why'd you have to
0: give up going on vacations with your friends just didn't have the money?
1: Didn't have the money, and I mean, it's time away from training. I mean, don't get me wrong. Because you're obsessed. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Everybody needs a break. Your body needs a break sometimes, but I mean, there's points. Like, you're literally just taking that vacation just to take the vacation. You're not taking a vacation because your body needs a rest. You're taking it for that vacation. That's the sole reason. Right. So, it's it's not because your body needs a rest. Right. So... That's, that's another sacrifice. Another sacrifice is time with your friends, time with your family. That's, that's time with your girlfriend. That's a, that's a...
0: Have you ever had somebody that, you know, a friend, family member, girlfriend, anybody that's like, man, look, you know, this is too much. I can't deal with, you know, this much time away or, you, you know, you, you ain't spending enough time over here or doubt what you're doing or talk about, you know, and put you in an uncomfortable situation because of what you're sacrificing or not? Nah?
1: Yeah, I had family members... Um, that like literally told me that i need to stop playing around with other guys and rolling around sweaty men, and get a real job and uh i mean i heard that several times and it's like they, they didn't understand so how do you
0: deal with the naysayers
1: because you just, also
0: have that in anything too yeah i had I, the same you know deal because my business i started out straight commission you know my first year i made 187 grand come from a single family you know single mom didn't have a no money growing up, nothing like that, and uh, I had a ton of people telling me, "Man, like, what are you doing? Your straight commission, you know? What are you thinking? The amount of hours that you're putting in, same same yeah. type of deal.
1: What about like stability? Where's your financial no stability? Stuff no. like that. They they start asking you questions like that, like what? So what how did happened? you handle you know, that mentally? I mean, mentally, I mean, I just ignored it because I knew deep down. If I'm working hard and I'm pushing myself every day like I do, then I'm going to make it. And it might take time. I might have to sacrifice money here and there. I might have to sacrifice a nice car. I might have to sacrifice the clothes, the vacations, all that stuff that I already talked about. Can you about. be
0: great without sacrificing? No, you can't. Do you, do you think that there's some level of, you know, the greater the reward, the greater the sacrifice?
1: Yes. and I do too. Yeah. And they a lot of people just don't get that you can't have everything in life. You can't. They they want the time, they want the money, they want the fame, they want the the greatness, they want they want everything, but you can't have all that. Yeah,
0: you want at it least all. not at once. And right now,
1: yeah, they they you, at least you can't have it at once. Yep. I mean, it's hard for anybody to have all of that, but you're definitely not having it all at once, all at once. So, yeah, but with the naysayers, I just I just ignored them. Like it was my own family. And oh it's yeah. Like, I'd literally come home at night, and that, trust me, not my dad. My dad would never say anything like that, but my own family—my mom, my grandparents, my let's aunts. talk
0: about your dad for a minute. I know your dad uh, passed. What? What? How old were you when your when your dad passed?
1: Um, I was going into my sophomore year in high school. It was during the summer. I was 19 years old, okay. so I was pretty young, and uh, I mean, it was it was pretty hard. Now it you
0: was, ended up wrestling junior and senior year. Yeah, at the place he was trying to get you to to go, right? You're, you're, you're of high school, didn't you say your dad was trying to find a place to live so you can yeah, wrestle there? Because yeah, Newcastle yeah, we, didn't have a program. Yeah, we ended
1: up going to Laurel. We ended up we living to Laurel. in okay. Laurel. Yes,
0: but he wasn't with you.
1: No, he was with me was in with high school. In he was, he was, no, he was with me in high school. He wasn't with me in college. Got he was you. There my freshman. I got you. Freshman year of college. Got you. So, and, so he passed
0: your sophomore year of college. Yes. Okay. So and, This is fairly recent then.
1: Yeah. So what are
0: you? Twenty three, Dalton.
1: Yeah, three four years ago. Okay. And three three years ago but um anyways he he passed away and it it was really hard because like like i said i was already dealing with a lot of sacrifice in my life sacrificing a lot of time a lot of money all these other things to train
0: sounds like he was your rock
1: yeah and he he was one of the people that like showed me that and like then i and i really wanted him at my first mma fight and i lost him for seven months before then and I was literally like we were talking about it, how I was gonna have my first MMA fight. And then he got in a motorcycle accident. He was in the hospital. I mean, he was besides broken bones, they were having sur they were doing surgeries on his lower extremities on his lower body. And uh, I mean, besides that, no head trauma, no uh threat of injury or, or threat of death or anything like that. And we were just like talking about it, and there was no thought in either of our heads that he wasn't gonna be able to be at my first fight, but there was complications with the surgery. And he ended up passing away.
0: So he went in for surgery and, and wasn't expected to have any
1: yeah life-threatening issues. No, and it was his sixth surgery. He had five before that, and it was like within a week. Okay, And then he went into, they put him in a medically-induced coma because his blood pressure and his heart rate and everything started raising. Put him on a lot of antibiotics, a lot of pain, medications, everything. And, uh, and then his organs started failing. So... Um, i mean i was asking i actually got kicked out of the hospital i I, f- I flipped out um i picked up a chair i didn't throw it i was about to were you and at st east no nah, this is at them? presby okay and uh they, they, he got life flighted there this the accident was in um newcastle and they life flighted him to pittsburgh he was in presby for two weeks okay and uh he was actually asking to be transferred to Allegheny because he didn't like how he's being treated there. I mean, I remember the first night in ICU when we went and seen him, the nurse tripped over his cord and ripped all of his IVs and everything out of him, literally the day, like right after his first surgery yeah, in yeah. ICU. So, I mean, I seen it myself and- um,
0: So you were nineteen, twenty. Yeah. And, and so how do you think you, how did you get through that? You know, I don't know if you ever get over that, but through that, you know what I mean? How how did you handle losing sounds like your best friend?
1: Um, I mean it was hard. I still think about it. I mean, it now. nineteen,
0: twenty year old people don't make it out of that sometimes.
1: Yeah. I I mean it was tough. I uh I mean I still think about it a lot. I try to I try to keep my mind off as much as I can, but sometimes just like, you know, whenever I got the call from Bellator I, first person I wanted to call was my dad, yep. and I literally found myself going in my phone and clicking on Home. my dad's name and going to call him. And then the next thing you know, I remember, and it's like it's like you literally forget in like those moments of joy, you literally like forget what happened. Seems like and, you
0: use it as motivation. Yeah, and I, I do. see you bring it up a lot. You know, I think you when you win, when you're preparing. How often do you think about that during preparation? Uh, do you think that you were able to turn a negative into a positive at all? Do you think you've used it as a as a way to extra give yourself some fuel? You know, how did you get through that, and how have you been able to use it, if at all?
1: Um, I mean, every, anytime at practice when something gets hard, where I really, really digging deep, where I don't feel like I have anything left, nothing in the gas tank, my muscles are hurt, and my lungs are failing. I'm getting beat up at this point where I'm got, I got fresh guys on me and it's I'm tank. yeah and I'm I'm 10 rounds deep and there's three guys each round coming on me and I'm on a third guy in the 10th round and I'm really trying to push myself to get up or get a takedown or a scramble. I think just like, like my dad would be yelling at me at practice, like to push myself or like, I just think of his voice in the back of my head. I still remember his voice. There was many times where, uh, that opponent I had, uh, for the MMA fight, Trent Zadarko, uh, the one I wrestled in high school, I remember specifically the wrestling match where um, my dad knew like towards the end of wrestling match, no matter how hard, how hard I conditioned, I would always push the pace so much that I get tired. Mm-hmm. And I was up like six nothing in the second round, the end of the second period, and uh, he seen that I was tired. And like my coaches, no matter how many I would tell how many times I would tell them, if there's short time left, let me know. I don't want to give up a point. I'll yeah. hang on for yeah. for dear life right. to hold him down and not yep. give up a point. They'd never do it, and I might talk to my dad about it, and I hear my dad screaming from the top of the stands, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, Dalton. And, uh, I mean, just every single time something goes wrong or I hit a bump in the road, I, I think of that. So, I mean, I do use him as motivation. I know he'd be proud of me right now. Um, I go and see his grave before every fight, make sure I stop over and visit. Love and, it. Uh,
0: Love yeah. it. Yeah. So right now, how many uh, how many amateur fights have you had boxing and how many MMA? I had six
1: amateur boxing matches, seven amateur MMA fights. So have you lost? You own. haven't
0: lost any, no. right? Thirteen to zero. No. Yes. So far, uh, any last second tips you think you would leave somebody, uh, whether it's football, MMA, jujitsu, boxing, wrestling, or pursuing something great in, in in life or in business? You know, what tips do you think you would give somebody your advice on just being the best, just winning? I mean if you
1: what wanna, do you got to do if you want to be the best you just got to work work like you like you say, You got to wake up every day and grind and there's going to be sacrifice Involved there's going to be things you don't want to let go that you love Doing that you love just period that there's things that you love, but you have to give them up You have to give them up if you truly truly want to be great There's going to be things that you love that you have to let go you have to Truth. and that's that's just part of it It's just work ethic sacrifice and patience
0: Work ethic, sacrifice, and patience, man. I agree. Hey, everybody, uh, follow my man Dalton Rasta. Uh, is it is it that way on uh, Instagram?
1: Dalton underscore Rasta.
0: Dalton underscore Rasta. Follow my man and in, in, uh, in his journey. Uh, I truly believe you. And know, I was telling him today that you know I've been around the game for you know ten years, and uh, you know there's been a lot of people that I've seen pursuing this journey, and uh, I haven't felt this confident in uh, many people that have crossed my path on uh, where I think that your future is headed in the uh, sport that you've chosen to uh, pursue greatness in. And uh, you're definitely uh, one of the best that, that a lot of people don't know. Uh, So do yourself a favor and uh, start getting on the Dalton roster train right now, man. Uh, Keep on grinding Dalton. I'm proud of you. Uh, I know the whole area is proud of you, man. Keep on hustling, keep on grinding. You represent the grind, uh, that's what this is, the grind, the grind grindcast. Um, you represent the grind, man. I see you grinding and training and with the best and still traveling all over to put yourself uh, in the best situation possible, man. So uh, good luck uh, on everything. We support you here. Keep up the grind. Keep up the good work, brother. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thank you. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try, try, and told, try and told him I'm a beast, blood.